You are listening to the Struggling Beautifully podcast. Don't forget, whatever stage of life you're walking through or sometimes stumbling, it's important to look above and anchor yourself to the one who controls it all. The best part of life is finding your people, people who walk with you through the fire. That's what we're here for. Daily inspiration, burning questions answered, and how to always look above. I'm Brooke. And I'm Peyton. And we are Struggling Beautifully. Hey guys, welcome back to the Struggling Beautifully podcast. Hey guys, this is Brooke. Yeah. (laughs) So today we are going to be talking about how to live set apart and share the gospel. And I know you're probably tuning in. You're like, oh my gosh, we're talking about sharing the gospel. Um, but I think this is a really important topic because we're actually called to live set apart and share the gospel. Um, we know that people are saved by the word of God. And, um, there's actually a verse in the Bible that says, how can someone believe in whom they have not heard? This further represents the importance of sharing the gospel, um, because it's so much of a risk. And I actually want to read you guys this quote from an atheist and he's actually an atheist. His name is Penn Gillette. I think is how you pronounce his last name but he said how much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that i mean if i believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it that that truck was bearing down on you there's a certain point where i tackle you and this is more important than that so this really showed me like the importance of sharing the gospel of like if we truly believe in god the way we do why are we in our heads and like sitting back knowing what the bible says about what happens when you don't follow god you don't have a relationship with him and knowing that the only way for people to hear the gospel is through us preaching it and telling it to people in a loving way um because ultimately, like, if you really depict what hell is like, I think that all of us would want to come in and share that joy other than just sharing the joy, but like share the joy in order to prevent them from having to deal with eternal life in hell. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting that you said that because just recently at church, our preacher has been talking about how we can hasten the arrival of Jesus's return. Mm-hmm. And he he was talking, I can't remember exactly where he said, I would have to look it up um, more in depth, but he was saying how in the Bible, it talks about how that Jesus is not going to return until everybody has heard the word, Mm -hmm. every tribe, every nation, everywhere has heard the word. So that's just showing you how important it is as Christians to spread the word and to talk about it to people that may not have heard it because it's literally stated to us that Jesus is not going to return until everyone has had the opportunity to hear it. So we can hasten his arrival by, or his return, I guess, by saying, by spreading the word. Yeah. And like other, like, especially like, I know that we're talking about it in the way of like wanting God to come back or wanting everybody to, um, like ultimately, like you don't want anybody to go to hell. Like, I don't think you want anybody to go to hell. Like on top of that, like the amount of, I know in my life, like the amount of pain that I had to go through because I didn't know the gospel and I didn't know the joy and the peace that was in it. Like that should be something that like in your life you've experienced and like you want to 
share out with all your heart. You know, people should look at you and they should be seeing that. Yeah. And they should be seeing that. Like the Bible talks about living for another world. Like when someone looks at you, they should be able to tell that you are not living your life for this world. You're living for another world. Because I think there's so much encouragement in that, that we don't get hung up over what guy likes me and what guy doesn't, doesn't like me or like my job and my career. Like ultimately when we are living our life for Jesus, I think there's so much more encouragement and peace in that. Um, there's not as much pressure either. Right. Um, And I think that it's important to know that being set apart, going back to what we were, our whole thoughts are today, being set apart means to make someone or something different and special. mm -hmm. So not only that, but also to keep something separate in order to use it for a particular purpose. Yeah. So making everything that you're believing in and trying to um, communicate, knowing that you're doing it because you're being set apart, because you are called to make them to make it special and different. Like we are, we are supposed to be different. People are supposed mm-hmm. to look at us and be like, oh, why is, if they looked in a crowd of people, they should be able to look at us and notice by our actions and our words, how we are different as Christians. Yeah. So especially in today's time, because the truth about God is so blurred and so confusing and wrong. Ultimately, the truth about him is so wrong that there's like a desperate need for people to be different. And for people to be set apart for God's mm-hmm. kingdom, because the devil, and you know, is com- continually trying to pull God out of everything in this world, meaning yeah. that he's trying to further his kingdom of darkness rather than us furthering the kingdom of light. Mm-hmm. And I think another important important point to look at is like, what does living set apart look like? And I like what you said about how he's trying to grow his kingdom of darkness, because you look in our world today and we're so wrapped up in, in darkness and pain and depression. And like, that was very interesting to me that like kind of just came to my mind was that God has given us a calling, a calling that is set apart from people. We have a place set apart in heaven for us with God. And he's also called us to live set apart in this world in order to further his plans um, and be a, and be a lamp and a light in this world. But also like that can also look not just like by your actions and the fruit that you're bearing, but like your choices, um, like not even just physical choices, but like emotional choices. Like when you're faced with adversity and you're faced with pain, like what is your reaction is your reaction to tweet about it or sit there and be sad about it and to gossip about it and just allow yourself to be in this destructive place of death, or is it to stand up and act and the authority that God has given you because he's given you a place set apart in heaven. Um, and I think that that's so hard for Christians or really not just, even if you're not a Christian, but you like try to live a good life. But a lot of times for Christians, that's really difficult because we, we tend like we're prone to blend in. Like we want to conform to the thought and actions of others because we want to blend in we want to fit in like we crave that we crave being liked mm-hmm. either by a friend group or a boy or a girl or whatever and I think that it's important to choose wisely who is your people who your people are and who you like have in your group because 
they influence you more than you even realize. Like you may not realize it at that time that they're influencing you. And I think that's, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day, but like choosing who is in your circle wisely to be able to influence you positively instead of negatively, because if you are a Christian, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to stand, you know, stand out and be set apart, but then you're, you know, human nature to fit in so then you're trying to conform to these people that you've chosen to be in your life and now you're not really technically being set apart like if you're hanging out with all these people that are partying and getting drunk and you know whatever else not speaking truth not speaking light you know all of those things then you're not really being set apart so I'm not going to be able to look into you into that group of people and say oh yeah, there's the Christians or there's the people that are being set apart for God's kingdom. And that's their purpose because you're choosing to blend in. Yeah. And that's ultimately, no, because ultimately like your, your life is a testimony. Like your life is literally the message you are preaching is not just through your words. Like the Bible actually warns against like, um, scribes and what were they called? It starts with a P not, you know what I mean? Um, but basically like the people in that time who were like living very religious lives and they knew the rules of the Bible, but yet like their lives were full of hypocrisy and um, all these different things that were not of the world. So through the way that they were living their life, and that's not even in like a, in a bad drinking sense, but like in a, in a judging and, Oh, what was me? Like I'm higher than you aspect, like the right. religion side of it. Like they still showed through their actions that they didn't know the gospel and the grace and ultimately hindered people from truly hearing the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think that that can happen in our life too. And I think there's so many more angles of that, of just like how you're living your life. Like I've seen myself in a part of when I was recently saved because I was so scared of conforming back into the patterns that I used to live. I totally lived set apart from the world, but out of the world. Like I didn't socialize with my peers at school. I didn't play on the basketball team or any of this. And I didn't, I I just hung out with my friends at church. And while that was edifying to me, because I think there's a lot in hanging out with people who constantly can help you on your walk. And you can just be like, Hey, like this is what's happening in my life and growing spiritually. God tells us to be in the world, but not of it. And in the world looks like loving sinners. Jesus loves sinners. He hung out with sinners. Like that's the whole reason why we're saved is because he sat down with a whole bunch of sinners and preached the gospel and loved them. And I feel like we need to be loving people in the way that Jesus loved us. When we get that perspective of ourselves, that we are higher and we are holier and God has set us apart and he has a plan for us and it's only us. And we have that division in our life. I think it's, it's hindering people from knowing what the gospel actually says, because I know plenty of people in my school that I've talked to who think that Christianity is a bunch of rules and that they look down on other people for what they're doing. And when I act out of love, because this year I've, I've prayed for a heart to love these people the way they are. I love these girls on my team. I love them so much. Like I could talk to them about anything and everything. And while we might not believe the same things, we're able to communicate about it and they're interested in what I believe and they've asked questions. And um, it's been beautiful because there's a sense of peace of they're like, you're not like other Christians. Like you're not, you're not hating me because I don't believe what you believe. And I think we need to go at life in that way of being more like Jesus and loving people, regardless of if they agree with you or not. Yeah. And it's so sad to know that something that you 
feel so passionately about and you're so on fire about is being so targeted. Mm-hmm. And to know that there's the few that are living the life of not being of Christ and following what he's what his example was um, of the loving God that came, you know, God sent his only son to come to this earth and live a life that we live today. He literally walked on this earth like we did. And he could have been this person that was, uh, this sounds like the worst word that I could use, and I don't mean it that way, but like a snob and like, like I am God, like I am this person and like, you should follow me. But instead he lived a life purely of love. Like he loved so deeply. And I think that's what our world needs more than anything is love. Like I can, I can be the most textbook Christian that you could ever expect me to be. But if I don't show that I love people, am I really doing what Jesus called me to do? Like if I'm thinking that I'm better than anybody else and I'm thinking, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven. Like, this is it. I'm good. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. On Sundays, but then going and talking behind people's backs, talking about people negatively, even like Peyton said, I mean, to be able to, like, like we said earlier, to be able to be set apart, it's not only your actions, but your thoughts have to be set apart. You have to think differently. And we are chosen people to do that. And I think I, there's two verses that I found whenever I was kind of gathering all my thoughts for this. Um, and before I go to that, in order to do this, like this isn't something that you can just do on your own. Like you have to have Jesus to be able to do this. We can't do this on our own. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we are a new creation. So through Christ, our old life is gone. Like our old life, how we lived, how we thought is completely gone because of the Holy Spirit coming into our hearts. But the two verses that I found that, and there's, I am sure that there are a bajillion verses that you could look up to be able to understand this idea of being set apart. Because like I said, I think this is probably one of the hardest to grasp ideas of a of being a Christian is the idea of being set apart because like I said it's so easy to conform mm-hmm. um but the, one of the first ones that I read was first Peter 2 9 and it says you are a chosen race a royal priesthood and I'm going to just stop there a royal priesthood mm-hmm. like if that doesn't in its own let you know that you are set apart like we are sons and daughters of the living king yeah. Like if that doesn't make you feel empowered to live a life that is pleasing, then I like, I, there's nothing else I can say right now other than that. But it goes on to say a holy nation, a people for his possession so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into light. I mean, I like, let's just sit here for a second. And just take that in because 
I don't know how much more you can say to know that our God has chosen you particularly to whoever's listening to this, you know, um, as, a, as his, you're a prince or princess of the living king. Like you are his, we're his voice. Like how amazing is that, that he has entrusted us to be his voice here mm-hmm. on earth. I just think that's when I read that, I was like ugly crying because I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's insane. And then the second one, and then I know Peyton has a lot of things that she wants to say. <laughs> the second one that I read was Psalms 4, 3. And it says, know that the Lord has set apart the faithful for himself. The Lord will hear them here when I call to him. And so that should go to show you that again, I think a couple of weeks ago, we talked about you're never alone. Like you're not walking alone. Mm-hmm. Even when, even when you feel like you're alone, you're never walking alone. Well, this goes to show that when you are his, when you are his and you're set apart in those moments of feeling lonely, you aren't. And he hears you when you call. I, that's such a comforting thing because I know that even as a married woman with a child, literally never alone, (laughs) like ever. Um, there's times that you feel lonely just because there's so much going on in a hectic life and you feel like you're the only one that's going through these specific things and you're not. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That was, that was really good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like Brooke's talking a lot about, um, like these lies that I think we're telling ourselves. And I think that's really important, which is why I kind of want to like bridge onto this part of our conversation, which is just like, what are the lies that are keeping us from believing these things? You know, Brooke talked about feeling lonely, like feeling insignificant, feeling like God's not with you. And I think these are all lies that the enemy is utilizing to keep us from living in the abundance of the joy that we have in God. Like Brooke said that we are a chosen priesthood that God has given us this authority. Like guys, we literally have the power to change the world. And I think because we are insecure and we're believing the lies that we tell ourselves, like it's keeping us back from going forth and like really making a difference. Um, and <laughs> this kind of just randomly came to my mind. I don't know how much it applies to what I'm saying. Like at basketball, we do this like four minute layup drill. And it's like, how many of you like missed a layup or whatever? And I just think that's funny because like how many of us are missing our layup to go and like tell somebody something like that could contribute like a lot in order to make a new high score in basketball, like say our record was 70 and we only made like 68 layups. And it's like, how many people missed their layups and they raise their hand and there's like five layups and we could have beat the record, but because they missed their layups, like that's how it is. And I'm kind of trying to tie that into saying like, how many times do we have the opportunity to talk to someone and we miss it? Whereas that really could contribute to the kingdom of God. And I think that's really important. So I want to address some lies. I first want to like, just talk about like at church today, I thought it was crazy because every time we have a podcast, like marked for a certain date, like I swear there's always a service or something that comes up and it's like talking to me and I'm like, we got to talk about this. Um, but we were reading a Matthew 13 
it was actually about the parable about the mustard seed, but in a way, like I didn't really think about it. Um, but I was talking about how small beginnings and insignificant things become significant and how the mustard seed can blossom into such a magnificent, magnificent tree and how the mustard seed itself is very frail, like a particle of dust almost, but how it can expand into this huge, magnificent thing. And he was talking about this guy. I forget his name. Hold on. I got to look at my text messages. My mom like sent me this whole article about him. Um, William Tennant and how he smart he started this like small building of like people who he was teaching and the gospel um and they were just like pounding each other with scripture like really getting at it and like people like didn't really see significance of it but it expanded into like inspired like 12 different colleges and it's like a whole story I'd recommend you to like look into it because I just learned about it today so I don't know every detail but the moral of that story was I think that it was really like and saying that even like in our our insignificance that we feel like in our individual selves and in our individual voices and testimonies, it can blossom into something amazing. Like Jenny Allen, she inspired me to start a podcast. Brooke inspires me every day. Like whenever we're having our conversations in the car, like those small insignificance conversations that we've had, where it's like, we can have a podcast together. And now how other women have impacted my life through what God's done in their life. Now I, me and Brooke can maybe inspire another girl. I've had a few ladies come up to me and say that your podcast has really inspired us and me and Brooke are just like really <laughs> like because we're just doing this because like like we're, I feel like we're called to do this but like we're not like a huge multi-million podcast but anyways um maybe one day <laughs> maybe one day we pray about it but um yeah. no but like that girl can go and take that and she can start her podcast or start her ministry or like like a breath of life has been inserted in however way and through our insecurities and insignificance and in our stumbling words and whatever, like that one day when I could not get a word out or a train of thought out, like, <laughs> like those times, like God does speak because he is powerful and it's not about us. Um, so I wanted to address some lies that are keeping us from going forward and, and speaking to people about the gospel um, and Brooke can add on into this. So the first lie that I want to bring up is my testimony is boring. How many times have you heard somebody say that? Has anyone said that to you, Brooke? I've said that a million times. I'm pretty sure I said that to you when we were oh, going to talk about our testimonies. Um, <laughs> because I feel like mine is so cliche, I guess is the word. Um, so yeah, there's that. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that the enemy uses that because he's like, if your testimony is boring, you're like, okay, well, no one's going to learn anything about it. Like you have some people who like you're not have miraculous changes. Like they were drunk, they were murder. You have the Paul to like literally kill Christians. And now they're like writing books of the Bible that we're like, wow, like this man really gets Jesus. But the thing is like, God can even work in your insecurity of my testimony isn't good enough to show the work of God in your life, even in that, that's an insecurity in itself. Um, so I, I want like your testimony could touch certain people and like every testimony could touch different people for the mm -hmm. kingdom of God. Like, even if you think it's insignificant, like you may say something in your testimony that somebody could be like, Oh, dang. Yeah. yeah. Philia. Mm -hmm. But then somebody else could be spitting fire over here about their testimony and you feel awkward because you just touched this one person's life over here, but that's one person's life that you touched. So. Yeah. 
and like we don't always understand each other like people have different testimonies for for different reasons like especially with my anxiety I remember me and my mom the other day were having this conversation because I was listening to of course Jenny Allen's podcast and she was talking about how she's recently going through anxiety and she was thankful for it because like she's able to relate with the women she's talking to which is like college-aged high school kids and my mom was like, you don't know how much it hurts me that I can't relate with you. Like my mom hasn't dealt with anxiety. My dad and my mom haven't dealt with the anxiety that like I have to face. Like, it's like hard guys. Like sometimes like I literally, like, I don't know if I can talk. I like kind of sit in my bed and it's, it's hard. Like if you have anxiety, you know what I'm talking about. But my mom's like, I hate it because I can't relate with you. And I can't help you because I don't know what that feels like, but God's given me that testimony and he's given me a voice to be able to talk to girls on the other side of the screen who are applying for college and are anxious or are starting something new, or there's a new chapter of their life and they're anxious. Like you're not alone and God's not absent in that. Um, I wanted to bring up this example though, since we're on the whole thing of my testimony is boring. Um, I want to talk about like God made you on purpose, like with a purpose um, and this is kind of a more extreme example, but it's something that you don't think really is that significant. I mean, it kind of is, but like not really, but I'm just going to talk about it. So there's this guy, I forget his name, but, um, he was born with a disability and he was basically saying that like, when I was born, like I was born this way, like it wasn't a car crash or an incident that like made me this way on accident. Like God purposely made me this way and at first when like I heard that I was like well isn't he mad at God for that but what he said blew my mind because he was like and thank God because now I can touch the lives of believers and unbelievers that I have been born with this disability but I thank God for it because I can touch the unreached and I was like oh my gosh like this guy is thankful for his disability you know he's not hating God for it like he is using what God made him for a purpose and a reason. And he's stepping into that calling, you know, and that's just Mm -hmm. an example of how we all have different testimonies for different reasons. Like that might seem insignificant of how can God use this, but he does. Um, Right. So that was just pretty crazy. So like stories. I also think another lie, which you probably have this on there, but I feel like another lie is I don't know enough. Mm Mm-hmm. Or I don't have the knowledge or depth of knowledge to be able to answer questions. And I think that's one of my biggest fears is because I worry about almost, and it's more selfish, honestly. It's like a selfish thing for me to say, oh, well, I don't want to look stupid if they ask me a question. And here I am, a Christian, and I don't have the answer. But I think that's so valuable that. I don't, and I will never have all the answers. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a lie that I tra- I struggle with because there are definitely opportunities. Ex- definitely, I I definitely have opportunities to talk to people every single day. Um, and I think that every every um, opportunity that you get is going to look different. And I think that that's something that you have to be able to work through is understanding the, not necessarily the time and the place, because I think that the time and the place is irrelevant because I think that God can move in whatever, wherever you are. But I also think that there are certain people that 100% um, are going to listen 
accept whatever the word is I'm looking for the the words that you have to say differently like I know that there's people that I could sit and talk to all day about like my experiences and my life and the struggles that I've gone through and how I've came out on the other end and I could go through this whole God's sovereign plan talk because I honestly look back and everything that has happened in my life could have never happened without God's sovereignty in it. Um, And they would look at me like I had 14 heads and be like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, that just sounds like coincidence. But then I could talk to somebody else and just be like, oh, hey, I'm praying for you. Like, if you need anything, let me know. I'll be there in a heartbeat. And then they pick up the phone and call me and I'm there to listen to them. And that's my, that was me. That was my um, talk to them. Just mm-hmm. those two phrases and then them actually reaching out and needing me and me being there. And then a couple of days later, they call and they, they're saying, oh, hey, thank you so much. Like, I know that, you know, you're there for me and all those things. And then turn their life over to Christ in a couple of months. Like, I think that there's such a balance in different ways that you may not think that you're you're speaking out, but you are. Like, it doesn't have to always be the like, I don't have to know the Bible from Genesis one to the end of revelations to be able to bring people to Christ. I I don't have to have the answers. I'm not as biblically versed as David Chadwick, my preacher is like, I'm just not like, that's not that, that wasn't my calling, you know, but it is my calling to, to be the kind of person that does attempt and, you know, be set apart and to talk about Christ to further his kingdom. Yeah. So. And like, also, um, I was doing the study it's called proclaim my church. Does, you can look it up. It's a book, but it's talking about evangelism and how like God's given us different gifts. Like maybe mm-hmm. yours is act of service, or maybe you're testimonial or you're empathetic, or you invite people to things invitational. Like there's all different ways that God has us spread the gospel. Um, And also back to what you were saying about um, being scared that like, you don't know enough. Um, That was actually the next question, which is like, I don't know how to share the gospel. I don't think I know enough. Um, And I want to encourage you out of John 14. I was reading it because it's talking about how God leaves us with peace and he gives us peace. Um, But also like before that, it talks about how God gives us a helper forever being the Holy spirit who the helper, if you look, if you look through that in the Bible, there's several parts where it says that. He teaches us like the spirit of God helps us learn more about God. And it helps us in these situations where we're talking to people. And I think it's happened a lot more on this podcast for me. I think I've been more like trying to lean into the spirit rather than my own understanding. And sometimes crazy things can happen. Um, Like I've, I've had so many times where like, I feel like I don't know anything and I don't have any words to say, like there'll just be something that comes up in your mind. And it's not even your own knowledge. And like, you'll listen and you'll be like, where did that, where did that come from? And like, you'll encourage yourself later down the road, like just journal it down or whatever. Um, but I think that was very encouraging for me is that I don't need to know it all. Um, back to the story about Moses, like Moses had a speech impediment and God was selling him to go, you know, like could you imagine? somebody to help him. Yeah. Speak. Like there are parallels guys. Like there are like, yeah. and whatever it is, like, we have certain things that we struggle with. Like I trip over my words all the time because I know what I'm going to say, but I have a really hard time like speaking them. That's why I'm better at <laughs> writing because I can edit it. 
but, um, <laughs> you know, like God's God works. Um, it's mm-hmm. just all about prayer and, and your heart and like what you're focused on. Like, am I focused more on my failure or am I focused on God's sovereignty and that failure? I don't know, but that's all I have to yeah. say for that lie. All right. Um, but the next lie, which kind of goes with that was that God won't be with me in this because like, I know you could have this of like, God gives us a helper, but there's also something telling us that like, but he's not, you know, like he's not going to be with us. Um, and I think that's very interesting because explicitly in the Bible, like God talks about how, like, he's a God that goes before us. He brings us the heads of our enemy. Like he hands us the victory. Um, he holds our faith. Like he will finish what he started. And it's like, he is the holder and the refiner and the caregiver and the lover. And he's all of these things but we still believe that he's not going to be with us. Um, but Joshua one night is actually something that came to my head when I thought about this lie, because I have this whole, this is, I'm like segueing really fast, but I have this sheet and it's called a battle sheet. And one of my main lies is this lie that God will not be with me in this, whether that's in speaking, whether that's in my anxiety and whatever it is, because I forget the character of God and I'm focused on myself. So I'm going to encourage you today with Joshua one nine. And it says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord. Your God will be with you wherever you go. And that's a promise. And we know that God does not go back on his promises. Um, so that was just one of my favorite verses. If you really struggle with that is like, we need to stop focusing on ourselves and what we think about God. And we need to be like, okay, well, do we believe in God? Do we believe in the Bible? Well, the Bible says this. So like, mm-hmm. where in your heart are you not trusting that? Do you have any encouragement or thinking that God's not with you in your life? Oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that a question? Like, My turn. Um, I, I don't, I think that you really touched on it very good. And I think the biggest thing that I can say in an application, like, section of all of this because I feel like we've talked a ton about all the things that we we've encountered things that we know things that set us apart but I think a big application thing and this is huge and I will never forget whenever um Ben and I first met he said that he prayed a prayer and he was like not really prepared for God's answer and (laughs) he answered really quickly and he was like whoa um but our choices and our actions are a direct reflection of our faith in Jesus and I think that for us as as I mean even if you're new in your faith or a seasoned veteran in your faith um you have to pray for God to help you stand out and to get you out of your comfort zone. Because I think that's the main thing is that we have this little comfort bubble and to step out of it is difficult. And so pray to get out, pray for God to help you out of your comfort zone. And I think that once you step out of that comfort zone or, or once you pray to help you stand out of that comfort zone, you got to be prepared for Jesus to, you know, for the answer to be, given to you because he's going to answer you whether it's as you know very quickly or in long term you've got to be ready to answer when he calls because um 
he's going to answer. And he, if it's going to further his kingdom, he is going to like kick you out of the nest and he's going to say, here you go. You got to fly. And I think that it's important to have that prayer. But again, you've got to be prepared for it because once you take on that role, it's hard. And like Peyton said, it's, it's hard to think because a lot of the times the enemy is going to try to make you think that you're alone, but you're not. And he goes before you. And I mean, we, we see that directly in Jesus's life. Like he went before all of us and he has dealt with similar situations, totally different time, but similar situations. And it's all for his glory and all for his kingdom. And I think that that's important to know. Yeah, that I really like that you're talking about that because like that's something that I've been learning about like God answering you and calling you to things. I feel like sometimes like even like at school, I feel like, oh, this wasn't like my last slide that I've heard people tell themselves is that like people are going to think I'm weird. They're going to think I'm crazy because God called me to this thing. But like you're worried about people's opinions of you um, or you're just worried about anything in general. And I think this truth applies to both of those situations of like, all we have is Jesus. That's a song that I was singing today. And it just like really hit me because like with this whole podcast thing, like I've had like an anxiety of like, what if it does become like something and, and a lot of people's eyes are on us and like, I can't have an off day. And I think the problem was I focused on myself as if I owned my own salvation or if I owned anything, or if I even owned this podcast, like but God was like, my hands in it, like your name isn't even your own. And I just thought that was really amazing. Cause I was listening to this one lady like a while ago and it just like reminded me of it. And, um, she's like a famous singer. I forgot what group she sings in, but she kind of has like an accent. And she was talking about how she hated that. She like made this new song and like, she was talking, it was like the seven album. You guys probably know what I'm talking about, but I can't remember his name, but she was saying that like, God was saying that her name was going to be on this album and she's like no like I don't I don't want my name to be on the album like that's all I have left like that that's my name and God was like convicting her like okay but your name is not your name like I gave you your name mm-hmm. and so that's what you were talking about like how God sometimes answers and we sometimes don't want to take that answer and we don't want to take action but she ended up taking the action and I thought that was really inspiring because you're so right like God does call us to big and scary things And if we're praying for an answer and then he does answer, we need to be ready to act on that. Even if it's hard, even if it's like, like taking a position that you don't want to take or like enduring a job that you don't want to be at or cutting off a relationship that you're really into. Like these things are keeping us from God. And like we said in one of our anxiety podcasts, like sin separates us from God. And if we are doing the opposite of what calls us that call has us being closer to God, like, of course, you're going to feel anxious because being close mm-hmm. to God, like, do not fear because I'm with you. But when we mm-hmm. are separating from him, because we don't want to do what he calls us to do, we're going to be living in that anxiousness more yeah. so than if we just lived in the calling that God has on our life, because we know that he is a provider and that he will provide in that calling. Like he will prepare you. Um, oh, yeah. So, and I think that, um, that all of this work requires 
it's hard work. So it requires a lot of perseverance. And so if it's not something that's accomplished right away, it's not something that you just dust off and go on with. Like you, it's difficult. It's, we have to pres- uh, persevere through this. So I think that it's, you know, something that we all probably have work to do. And I know I have work to do in it. So I think that just sitting here talking to Peyton today is encouraged me in more ways than I can imagine so Mm. fun stuff fun stuff so I hope that's all we had today so I hope you took something out of the amount of time we've been talking (laughs) and let us know if you do like we love to hear from you guys so yeah and like if you have questions like really like our inbox isn't flooding guys like you can ask questions (laughs) bring it on bring it on (laughs) yeah yep 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 All right. Well, we love you guys and we hope you have a great week this week. Bye guys. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to the Struggling Beautifully podcast. We are so glad to have you join us on this journey. Don't forget to follow our Instagram and our TikTok at Struggling Beautifully Pod so you can see when we upload new episodes every Monday, as well as be filled with daily encouragement and scripture. You can also leave questions in our DMs as well as in a form linked in our Instagram bio. Thank you again, your host, Peyton and Brooke. <laughs>